Welcome back to Hair of the Werewolf. I'm your host, Chase, and I'm here with my co-host, Lily. Hey, guys. And we are a paranormal horror podcast, and we like to sit around in a fun-like atmosphere, tell each other stories, maybe have a drink if that's <laughs> what you need to get over your work week hangover. So why don't you take a seat, have a drink if you want, and join us while we tell a lot of fun stories. But before we get started... Yeah? A couple weeks ago, we talked about some movies. And one of the ones oh, I mentioned, yeah. because it was streaming free on Tubi, and Tubi's a free app. We have, free. like, no promotion for it. Oh, we yeah, just, no, 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 no. We, we we're not like promoted it. by anything. I just no. love everything that's free, and it's free. Yeah. And since we love horror films, I was like, wow, free and horror. You just have to watch ads, but, I mean, okay. So, and, and so one like the, everything else. Right. One of the So one of the movies we mentioned was called The uh, Curse of Audrey Henshaw. I think so. Is that what it was I called? I hope I have the name right. Yeah. Curse of Audrey Henshaw. And we hadn't seen it, but I'd only seen the trailer. And so we watched it the other night. We finally got around to it. Yes. And don't worry. We don't wear no spoilers here. We're not going to talk about spoilers. We're just going to briefly like say whether or not people should see it. So it is a slower horror film. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's as slow as movies like The Witch. I'd say it's a little bit closer. It's to on the like, range, though. I, like, I yeah, think it maybe would. Maybe closer like It Follows in terms of pacing. Yeah. But a very different style of movie. Yeah. The style is going to be a little closer to The Witch, but I don't think it's as good as creepy or as well-made as The Witch, but it's still really good, well-made, and creepy. Yeah, it's well-acted. The production value is good. Everyone like, has Irish accents, which everyone, I'm all about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I do want to mention, though, to people, it's the kind of movie that gives you a lot of questions and doesn't answer them. And I know some people that drives them bonkers. If that drives you bonkers, maybe steer away. But if that doesn't bother you, maybe you think it's creepier when you don't know answers, then it might be right up your alley. But I thought it had some really good visuals. Yeah. Had some legitimately creepy and upsetting moments, but upsetting in like the fun horror well, it's, way. It's pretty like graphic for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's moments where you're just like, holy cow, that I just saw that really weird mutilated body. But anyway, yeah. So it was just kind of something like that. Uh, it'll just kind of take you off guard because you didn't expect something so violent uh, from a movie like that. Or maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know you. But, but I do it, know me and I was shocked. But I'd say a total three out of five stars. I don't know how rewatchable it is because it's the kind of movie that once you know, you know. But I do recommend at least watch the trailer. And if you're interested, go for it. Have a good time with that. Basically. We're, we still have to watch the Wrong Turn remake. We haven't I know. Rented it. It's just because it costs money to rent. I so. know. Well, we, we checked and it was like <sighs> money. six bucks to rent. And I know that's not that much, but I don't know. We get really like... <laughs> Yeah. We're like babies about it. Okay. Well, no, enough, <laughs> yeah, enough about recent events. Yeah. Lily, what are you drinking? I am having rum. It's your MO. I, I'm not drinking tonight. I've just got me my water, but I also got me my gummy bears because I'm an addict. Yeah. So gummy bears tonight. Gummy bears. And, it's not bad. And uh, yeah, so. <laughs> so we're prepared to get scared. Yeah. So Lily, <laughs> uh, give me a story while I have me my gummy bears. Okay. So my story for today is called St. James Hotel in Cimarron, New Mexico. Do you, I think my mom's been there. She has been there. This is exactly why I did the story. It was. It's always been on the list. Well, let me let me put it this way. I don't actually physically have a list. There are uh, ideas that I have that I'm that I for some reason believe I'll one day write down. And I had completely forgotten that your mom told me about her story and like her experience. Well, she and was trying to tell us to go there because it's a haunted hotel. Yeah, she was. She was telling us to do. I was like, oh, I have to remember that. And she has a story, and I can do research on this. So I'm gonna put it on quote unquote my list, my brain. So of course, my brain just forgot about it. And then I was looking through, just like places that I can do some something local. I was thinking, and 
that name popped up on a list and I was like, why does that sound familiar? And boom, like it all came flashing back to me and I was like, oh, I have to do this now because my mom. <laughs> so well, I'm back. she... She didn't go there because it was haunted. No, her no, and no. My, her and my dad, they were just, you know, traveling through New Mexico to enjoy things to see. Uh, neither of them are really, like, big into the horror genre. Not at all. Uh, yeah. But they went there because it's got a lot of Old West history. And mm-hmm. my mom is, like, an Old West junkie. She's, like, obsessed yeah. with the Old West. Yeah. All, and so it was, like, it, it, it scratched that itch. But then she's, like, oh, oh, Lily, you like horror. Let me tell you about this haunted hotel. Yeah, exactly. So then I... Like, I recalled it when I saw that name, and I was like, I have to do this. So that's why I'm doing that today. Um, and definitely, definitely your mom was correct. I learned a lot about the Old West as well. Or slash also refreshed my memory because I was like, wait, I know this guy. Why do I know this guy? This is totally appropriate because before we were recording this episode, I was totally watching Maverick. I saw that, and I was like, <laughs> what a coincidence. I wonder if I might have accidentally said something, and it just, like, made you want to watch Maverick. I don't know. No, I don't know why. It just when I saw it, I was like, I haven't seen this movie forever, and I love it. I mean, how... You can't lose with that movie. It's really Well, fun. I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it like in 10 years probably. So I don't know. Well, I'm only at the beginning, so maybe we'll watch it together later. Yeah. We'll see. So like I said, back to my story. Uh, St. James Hotel in Cimarron, New Mexico. It's about, um, I don't know, like three hours north of Albuquerque where we are. Is it northeast, I think? It's actually? northeast. Yeah. It's like east past of and Angel Fire, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Past, yeah. If I remember the map, I was like, oh my gosh. I need to know where this is. Because I know, I've heard of the name, but I just, I don't know. Anyway. Um, originally, the St. James Hotel was actually called the Lambert Inn, and this was in 1872. Henry Lambert, who was the owner, ran it as a saloon um, instead of a hotel at first, and it housed one of the most notorious guests, like Wyatt and Morgan Earp, Bat Masterson, Jesse James, just like White Earp isn't infamous. No, they're not infamous, but like notorious, famous. Well, I mean, no, they yeah, okay. they did kill people, so it's not like it was the Studio Fifty Four, but <laughs> like eighteen fifty four. Wrong time, right. but you know what I'm trying to say. It's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> good shot, good shot. Um, so, like I said, Jesse James, uh, Jesse James would be killer. Bob Ford, Billy the Kid, Buffalo Bill, Annie Oakley, Doc Holliday. You get the point. Like, everyone who's anyone from the West, Wild West, has stayed there. Nice. Yeah. A really random fact. Your mom actually put this in her email. And it is true. I mean, obviously, it's true because she's, like, a huge history buff. But Henry Lambert was, at one point, Abraham Lincoln's chef. And oh, that's cool. Yeah. And only because uh, Ulysses, Ulysses. Ulysses. Oh, my God. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, say so I not- saw Ulysses. <laughs> Ulysses. Never heard a lift on you before. I know. I don't know where that came from. It was amazing. From. All right, I'm going to This wait. is the drinking game you'd have to drink. I mean, <laughs> Ulysses. Is it Ulysses S. Grant? Yes, it is. Yeah. Ulysses Grant was the one who actually referred him to Abraham Lincoln. It's just like a really weird situation. Um, but he, he was a really good chef, I guess, and he stayed around. But. Um, so that makes him like double famous because. Ulysses Grant was a president, uh, not immediately after, it, but a couple later. Yeah, so because he was a Civil War general. Yes, it, he was, and I think that's how he knew him. So I think he knew Ulysses S. Grant first, and then obviously Abraham Lincoln, I guess, was looking for a chef. He knew a chef, and the rest was history, I guess. Unfortunately, when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, that's when Henry L. Lambert moved to New Mexico. So I think he was maybe. Searching for something else. In fact, what he was actually trying to do, I think, like, just some sources that I saw, this isn't totally confirmed, but it sounds like it was a 
pretty good um, motivator was he was trying to find gold. Oh, and yeah. yeah he, not... Most people go all the way to California, but maybe oh, he's right. just like... <laughs> he's like, it's far enough. He, he wandered into the land of enchantment. Yeah, and he was and enchanted. he was enchanted. Well, he was enchanted, but he definitely was not rich because he didn't strike it big or anything. But he did find some gold, and it seems like a, f- like a, a series of events had occurred. He was also impressing like some big shot landowner with his cooking. He had some money that he acquired from finding gold, so he decided to open a saloon. Nice. Yeah, so that's how that, that happened and why this exists. Since this is the Wild West and he opened a saloon, it's not going to be obviously very far-fetched to assume that there were a lot of deaths <laughs> in this area. But of course. There's like no laws and a lot of dead bodies. Um, the, well, I assume there had to be a lot of deaths, not only because of like the environment and time frame, but yeah. why would you talk about something where people didn't die? Exactly. The ghosts have to come from somewhere. And they definitely did a good job of making sure that happened. Um so yeah, despite all the violence, the saloon was very popular, and it was basically because the St. James Hotel actually sits on the Santa Fe Trail, mm-hmm. and at that time, it would have been a very well-traveled really path. well-traveled, uh, so there were a lot of travelers, traders, and like I said, cowboys and cowgirls. It wasn't until 1980 that Lambert decided to add rooms so people can finally stay the night, so it even got even more popular, like oh, now nice. people were there for a longer period of time. Uh, this business was definitely bustling for a while. Yeah, I assume even 1890s. Did I say 1980? Uh, you said 1980s. <laughs> Not 1980. And I was kind of like... 1880. I was like, man, if that area still had, like, gunfights and stuff in the 1980s, like, we really, we really let that part of the state down. I was down. like, that, it's for a different reason now. No, <laughs> I don't know what happened in 1980. I figured but... that's what she meant, but then I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. Definitely 1880. Sorry about that. I might that might happen again. <laughs> All right, so, just saying. Um, so yeah, like I said, business was great, and it wasn't until the railroads basically replaced the need for people to travel through the Santa Fe Trail, like on wagons and stuff. Yeah, so because it was now what used to be a main uh, point for people to stop by, it no longer did because it's not near the railroad tracks or anything. So it's like the movie Cars, but cool. I've never seen that movie. Oh, well, that, okay. Anyway, <laughs> and people listening who've seen Cars totally know They're what I They're like, we're with you, Jace. All right, all right. And I am not. <laughs> so, yes, I guess like the movie Cars, um, but with trains. Yeah, so like I said, they're not, they're not getting as much traffic anymore. So, unfortunately, at some point by 1913, this was definitely 19, uh, the hotel had now fallen into disrepair. Even though at some point their Henry's sons did attempt to fix up the place, uh, they replaced the ceiling, and that's when they took off the panel or whatever that mm-hmm. was put up at some point later, and saw that the layer under it had like over four hundred bullet holes. I believe it. Isn't aren't bullets like pretty pricey? Like don't. You don't want to just, like, waste them? I but mean, it was a saloon. This is what drunk people do. They sure. shoot their gun in the air. But, like, just go pew-pew in the air? Like, is that what's happening? But, nah. oh, well. Because it's not going to be shooting someone. How do you shoot someone up? But maybe. Yeah, I don't think they're shooting people. Yeah. So I guess they got really rowdy, for sure. 
Um, so today, if you go into the bar area, no, you will not see 400 bullet holes in the ceiling, but they did keep, or rather sometime after they replaced the ceiling, you know, people were still Mm -hmm. shooting in the air, I guess. There is 21 bullet holes in the ceiling that you can see. So that's cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. You're like, all right, well, I do remember talking to me about bullet holes. I just didn't know where they were (laughs) in the bar area. I, I, yeah, I I was, that makes a lot more sense because I was picturing like if you stayed in a room, there might be a bullet hole. I'm like, weird (laughs) (laughs) usually get those in your worst areas not in your fancy restored you know luxury hotels um drive by by. (laughs) sorry friday flashback i know oh my god (laughs) i love it keep going (laughs) so um when i read about that bullet holes I wondered, you know, like, I wonder how many people actually died there. Now, I know the 400 bullets, like we said before, were just shot up in the air. But it seems like confirmed deaths or deaths that were recorded, um, there were 26 that happened in the bar area. So, like, where people would be playing poker, the more public area. I don't know how accurate that is. I just have a feeling it's a lot more than that. But, you know. Maybe yeah, not. these are the reported deaths that they might be pulling the whole Disney World thing where... Like, no one's ever died on our property. <laughs> yeah, and you're he like, well, totally died in the doctor's infirmary, even though he was, like, totally dead. Yeah, before. but they paid the coroner to, like, say, oh, he died on the way to the hospital. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally like a Disney move. Um, so just to give you a really quick description of the hotel, um, the modern hotel... The oldest part of the hotel has only 13 rooms for guests. Then there's a separate annex that was actually built around the 60s that has 10 additional rooms for people. 1960s or 1860s? 1960s. Oh, because that's super modern. Yeah, okay. the annex is modern in but comparison. But even, even when you think about it, like when you mentioned the original rooms, I'm like, they've got to be tiny. So I'm assuming they're tiny. Actually, I did see pictures. They seem pretty standard hotel rooms, mm. the annex ones. The ones that are in the older, I guess they're smaller um but i don't know i saw this one that looked bigger i'm i'm guessing they actually did combine rooms yeah that's my assumption um so anyway it looks really nice there was a video that i saw on youtube this was an interview of a manager or whoever was the manager back in 2012 and he said that the annex is not haunted so if people want to stay there, because, you know, the historical thing, but they don't really it's feel like... It's like the safe part? Oh, right. It's a safe part. That's where you can go. They nice. even tell people that. But I don't know, because they're, you know, classic. I just had to watch an episode of some sort of ghost hunting show. And in that show, they claimed that the annex is haunted. One of the staff members said that when her and her manager were in a room cleaning, they saw a remote control that was sitting on the dresser fly across, well, across the room, onto the bed. So a significant skip enough to be like, why the hell did that happen? It would be reasonable to me to think that ghosts would be willing to walk a few feet I here mean, or there, right? right, exactly. So I'm guessing like just around the property, there's definitely going to be ghosts. And yeah. there's no reason to assume that there wouldn't be any like wandering the property for sure that just is a pretty common like move or active ghosts yeah so uh just because i forgot to mention but that triggered my memory for some reason it did say in just like on wikipedia they do say that there's like sayings that people used to have back then when people were like when the saloon was crazy and the one of the popular questions every single morning to ask was who was killed at the Lamberts last night <laughs> like it was just gonna happen so saying that there were only 26 deaths at the bar i'm saying 
No, I doubt it. Anyway, so the first ghost story I'm actually going to talk about, I'm just going to jump into it. <laughs> That's my history lesson. <laughs> Sweet. Um, is your mom's, actually. Nice. The original reason why I'm doing this. Um, so your mom, like we said, stayed at the hotel. She stayed in the old part of the hotel, so the original building. That's the way to do it. That's the way I would have to do it. And yeah, like you had mentioned also, your parents, and I'm assuming your brother as well, are, I don't know about your sister. Your sister does, I think, believe in ghosts or at least thinks they're fun. Your family in general is is pretty skeptical. Yeah, I'd say my family's pretty skeptical except for, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Except my sister. So... With that said, that's why I thought the story was really funny, because I think your mom is still confused by it, but I'm like, ghosts. (laughs) (laughs) It all started, like, when your mom, in her email, is really funny. She kind of went on about how, like, (laughs) her and your dad were fighting with the heater. Like, it was just out of control. So I think that was more of a tip than anything, but it just started out, like, kind of bad. So she was kind of restless. And your dad, of course, fell asleep immediately, so he wasn't even bothered by anything. As he does. Yeah. But your mom was lying awake on the bed, so she was just, like, staring at the ceiling. And as she was staring at the ceiling, she started seeing these weird red lights dancing around. And she described them to look kind of like laser pointers, but not quite laser pointers. Like, she understands the difference. And additionally, she did mention that the shades from the outside were pulled shut. Um, The only window that she did know was that there was a little window above the door to the hallway. Oh, sure. And she looked over and was like, is... Can I see lights coming through there? Nothing suggested that they were coming from an outside source, mm. but they were somehow dancing around on her ceiling. Uh, this went on for a few minutes, she said. Then, when it stopped, she finally was starting to doze off. And right before she did, she noted that she could hear like muffled voices, mm. soft footsteps, and doors kind of gently opening and closing constantly. Like right, but like it was weird because she said it was pretty late. And they were kind of right outside her door. And I think at one point in the email, she did mention that she kind of got up to kind of look to see if anyone was out there. But she didn't see anyone. She doesn't actually worry about it because she just assumes they're guests. So the next morning when they're checking out, the front desk, you know, they always ask, how was your stay? She says, oh, it was great. I love this place. You know, they're chatting. And then she says, "Um, the only thing is, you know, since it's an older building, I could hear everyone else up on the floor. But they were okay because they were pretty pretty respectful, so it wasn't a big deal. And the clerk's like, um, you guys were the only guests last night on that floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And your mom, like just a true skeptic, was like, oh, I'm sorry, I guess it was just the staff. Either way, it didn't bother us. Like she didn't want to get anyone in trouble. And then she's like, yeah, the guests leave at night? Like around, I don't the remember. The staff leaves at night. The staff know? leaves at night, yeah. So she says... Or the front desk person was like, so they wouldn't have been there was clearly... She was past that. Oh, right. Like, the time had already passed. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. The shift has ended. Um, And so your mom's like, what the hell was it then? And to this day, even, like, in her email, like, her one of her last paragraphs before she started giving me more, like, old West facts, she's like, <laughs> I still don't believe, but I will say that maybe we're all going a little crazy. I was like, nope. <laughs> I think she's like more willing to accept that it's creaking, like the old, the buildings are old, or maybe she was just like really tired. Like, oh my gosh. So my theory. Oh God, what is it? (laughs) Is that two like 13 year olds who died in 1998 with their laser pointers were doing that because that was the last time (laughs) anyone used laser pointers were little brat teenagers in the 90s. In the 90s. 
I don't know. They still used them like in the early 2000s in my school. But who knows? Wow. Who knows? You had some really lame We people. were really mature. <laughs> <laughs> Laser pointers were so yesterday in 2000. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, so yeah. So that what happened to your mom. I think it was pretty awesome, especially to someone who she was like, I'm going to tell you the story. But I don't think it's, it's like ghost, but still. <laughs> but I you're just thinking like ghosts. <laughs> I'm like trying to contain my excitement. Um, so that was like a few years ago that happened. Now I'm going to rewind back to 1985. Mm, birth year. Yeah, the best year ever. Hey, Bowling for Soup even made a song about that year because it's so good. <laughs> yes, that's our anthem. So I'm going to go back to 1985 because um, Ed and Patricia Sitzberger. Sitzberger? They, Sitzberger. That's a terrible name. Poor people. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so rude. <laughs> I, I mean, that's just how it is. It's like, I'm just going to sit and have this burger. Damn. Let's make that our last name. <laughs> Sitzberger. All right, keep going. Um, so those people, they're not like the first owner since like Henry Lambert or anything. There have been multiple owners since then, but they're the people who brought it to restoration of what it is today. Sure. So they're the reasons why this exists or why people can stay there anyway. Um, Ed had grown up in Cimarron, and in a book that I was mentioning, I think, before, which is called New Mexico Ghost Stories, Volume 2, I don't have the first volume, (laughs) Ed mentioned that he had never heard of the hotel being haunted. So even though he, I think he mentioned that he lived, like, across the way. Okay. Um, Yeah, really, really crazy. So he says that he didn't think that it was haunted. So when he was trying to do... The sale transaction, you know, like he's trying to purchase a property, he actually didn't find out until the previous owner, the owner that was selling him this property, told him straight up, said, the hotel is haunted. I need you to know that before you buy it. Uh, <laughs> there aren't any clauses that require anyone but I gotta I tell any you. state to, to disclose if a place <laughs> is haunted. I wish there was, though, because even as someone who isn't sure if I believe in ghosts, yeah. the idea of ghosts is morbidly terrifying <laughs> so since we're looking for houses i'm just like <laughs> i just want to ask like hey uh could you ask the current owners <laughs> if it's haunted <laughs> if they feel terrified they in the would, middle of the night they wouldn't say yes because they want to sell their damn yeah. house but especially I just, if it's haunted <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly they need to get rid of this like no it's super awesome <laughs> they're compelled to sell it at a low price <laughs> like so it's haunted so it's haunted got me ghost <laughs> sorry keep going <laughs> Uh, so yes, he, but even after hearing this, he still didn't believe it. Like, like I said, he was a skeptic. He was like, whatever, that's fine. Um, he even noted later and obviously at the time noticed it, but like said that the owner had a trinket, like a weird silk sock hanging in the entryway of the bar with like stuff inside of it. And he thought it was weird, but then later he found out that it was kind of like a way to keep bad omens out. Hmm. And the reason that he, she hung it in the doorway of the bar is because she actually had the hotel closed. So for 25 years when she owned it, it was completely closed. So she only ran the bar and the restaurant that was on the property the entire time. And so that was interesting. And I think, and you know, she also didn't try to repair it. So that's, that's also super the creepy though. Imagine running like a bar and there's a whole hotel that's closed. Yeah. So it's like, Gathering dust, you don't know if there's hobos or crazy things or ghost stuff happening there. It's just closed. Man, the idea of a closed hotel 
is so much creepier than a working hotel because you're just haunted. like surrounded by nothingness and it not but like all the, the wood. history right um, so that's what happened there there's a movie here <laughs> anyway okay keep going i think there's lots of movies already there <laughs> probably but i'm imagining a good movie oh sure of <laughs> so course there's the struggle a movie that you would make of brilliantly i'm a genius <laughs> i know um so yes like i said ed not deterred He's like, I am going to buy this anyway. By October 3rd, 1985, Ed and his wife, Patricia, were the proud owners of their new hotel. Then, not long after the restoration process, the Sitzbergers began to experience strange things. In my book, this is where I'm getting that information right now. Ed's first encounter with the paranormal was around Christmas 1985, so it was that same year he, he got it. He and his family were in the dining room having dinner, and throughout the dinner, they... Everyone, including him, heard doors opening and closing, like slamming shut violently, like someone was really angry. And Ed would excuse himself every time and go investigate, like, what the hell? But he never saw anyone, so he was like, okay, I don't know what's happening, but it's it's not anyone here. Um, like I said, since he brushed it off, everyone finished their dinner, and then later that night, Ed's brother suggested that they all go to his house for drinks. And so they do. After a while, they run out of some sort of cream liqueur, he mentions, and so Ed's like, hey, I own a bar. I'll just pop over and get another bottle. Why don't they just get drunk at his I bar? I know. When he said that, I was like, I would just be drinking at the bar. I don't understand. You totally know that friend who's like, come to our house. He's like, I don't want to drive drunk, so everyone should just go over to my house. I need to get trashed in my own house, <laughs> <laughs> which is so great. Wait, they make bad decisions, though, because like most of m- what you and me would do, and I think most of our friends would do, is like, hey, Steve owns a bar yeah let's get drunk there it's steve and what did you say there's bedrooms on oh above the bar (laughs) and you can just sleep (laughs) what are the odds yeah looks like we're getting drunk there uh yeah absolutely but no they do go to his brother's house but like i said he does return to the hotel and as soon as he enters the hotel he heard the phone in the kitchen uh ring Hmm. but it did a double ring like a ring ring pause yeah yeah ring ring pause this distinct ringing sound indicated that the call was coming from inside, inside the, the hotel. hotel. Yeah, I actually do know that. Okay, a lot of people don't. I didn't when I read it. I was it's like, also, why is this a big deal? Yeah, the the younger Zoomers and Alphas, that's way beyond because they're not used to landlines. But yeah, I remember that. Right, yeah, yeah. So it was, like I, like you said, it's how staff communicated with each other within the, ho- yeah. in the house. Um, so Ed's like... Okay, so he actually does go into the kitchen and answers it. He says, hello, but there's no one there. Not knowing what else to do, and again, still the skeptic, he's like, whatever. I'm just going to go get the liquor, and then I'm going to go back to my brother's house. So he does, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's probably a little buzzed, too. He's like, maybe I'm crazy. Um, It wasn't until he told everyone there that (laughs) they were, like, freaking out. They're like, you should call the police. I think someone's, like, messing with us. Because remember earlier, they heard the slamming of the doors and whatnot. So they're like, let's just get some authorities in here. So they do. And the police officers search the entire part or the uh, entire hotel, but find no one, of course. So that's just, like, his first experience that he now notes for sure was the first ghost encounter. A month after. I kind of want to read this book now. This sounds good. Yeah, it's got like a lot of good stories. I definitely could not write them all down. Is and... it told in a narrative way or a, like a history book way? Oh, no, no, no. It's like it's like quotes. Like it's quoted. Oh, okay. okay or okay. Uh, transcribed kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
and then obviously at, at the beginning of the chapter or of each section of place he the author does have historical kind of yeah. um you know like kind of what i did earlier absolutely but better because <laughs> he's an author um <laughs> he gets paid to he do gets this. paid to do that um a month after that incident that we were just talking about ed saw a man sitting in the dining room area he described him as being around in his 60s blonde and clean shaven as he approached him he disappeared and at that point it became clear to ed that being a skeptic was of the supernatural was no longer an option. Like, he straight up said, okay, you got me. I believe in ghosts. <laughs> so I thought that was great. Um, in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, which I didn't even remember they covered this hotel, but I'm not surprised. It's, like, one of the most haunted hotels in the world. As I say almost every time I say a story. Everything's the most. <laughs> it's the most. Um, it's so extra. <laughs> Um, Patricia Stitzberger. Stitzberger or Stitzberger? Well, we've been doing Stitzberger so far. Oh, shit. So unless we have two people... Hold on. I got it. Okay, I think it's Stitzberger, and I think I missed. So you've been saying it wrong the whole time? I've been saying it wrong, I think. It's still a bad name, but it's a less bad name. Either I was saying it wrong, or I'm saying it wrong now. Either way, it's going to be... It's fine. (laughs) I think. (laughs) Except for the... It's S-something burger. It's S-burger. Patricia Stitzberger, in this story, is her name, tells the story that on a rainy day, and this was after, you know, a lot of these incidents have already occurred, a friend of her and her were taking the advantage that it was raining and went around the hotel to see if there's any leaky roofs. Oh, or sure. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, since it doesn't rain probably as much as maybe other places, yeah. they're like, oh, let's do this now. That's smart. Yeah. So they go around the hotel and they, they do, they put some buckets around so that way the next day they can fix them. And all of a sudden, they're like, okay, we're done, and they leave. So when they're outside and they look up, they notice on the second floor, the chandelier's on. And she's like, mm. she's like, I just turned that off, but whatever. So she goes back up there, pulls on the cord, because it's a cord, not like a switch or anything. So you yeah. have to, you know, you got to put something in it, some effort. And so anyway, so she's like, okay, it's off. So she goes, and then when they're outside, lo and behold, it's the light is again. still on again. She's like, damn it. So she goes up there and does this like three times. I think I would have just taken out the bulb. I'm like, uh, we're not doing this. So anyway, but she what she does is she remembered what the person they purchased the property from tell her and say, sometimes you got to talk to the ghost and tell him to stop. So she says, I don't know who you are or why you're here, but I'm tired and I really don't want to play tonight. I'm glad you're here, but could we please play another day? Then she reached up the chandelier, turned it off, and that was the end of the game. They, she left. Everything was fine. I think I think the key line there was, I'm glad you're here, because it was like, you might piss something off. You might go full shame on this ghost. <laughs> I think I think if I was the owner, the place would have burned itself down. With that was me in super it. polite, though. I was amazed. She, like, I was, I was she thinking has she was going to make it mad, but she's like, I'm glad you're here. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Red and lying to her repertoire. Definitely a really good uh, ghost tamer she is. Right. Um, In 1988, in that same episode of Unsolved Mysteries, there was It's Unsolved Mysteries, not a ghost hunting show? No, this one's Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, I was going to be like, because you were going to have to drink if it was a ghost show. But it's not a drinking game day. Oh, no. I'm just thinking (laughs) of all the rules. I can't wait for the next drinking game I was going to say, I was like, you're not even drinking. You're making me... (laughs) have these like drinking spats but can't wait to bring out the wheel the wheel of death it guides us it does <laughs> yeah it tells us to drink drinks we're gonna drink anyway 
Yes. Okay. So back to Unsolved Mysteries. Charlie Varela, who was a high school student and a staff member, was cleaning the bar area around 5 a.m. This was in 1998. He left the room for a moment to get some trash bags to refill the trash cans. And when he returned, he saw a little boy standing on top of the bar, spinning a glass in his hand. Thinking that the little kid was just a guest from upstairs, Charlie was about to call out to the boy and tell him, you're not allowed in here. But as soon as he was about to open his mouth, the boy suddenly turned around and Charlie described him as being hideous. (laughs) Then the boy jumped off the bar. Uh, Without even really seeing where this boy was going, Mm. Charlie ran out of the room and he said that was his last night at work oh really yeah he like straight up quit (laughs) (laughs) damn that sounds like a joke you so ugly you make people quit their job (laughs) dissed (laughs) no but so like that kid actually did quit now uh, let me remind you i have i have it somewhere here but i think it's a good time to actually bring it up now uh cimarron is actually only 930 people live in that town so that's the population Man, for some for a town that small, I'm amazed at how many people know that it exists. The St. James Hotel? Or... No, Cimarron. Oh, Cimarron, yeah, I mean, yeah, That's yeah. a tiny little town, but... Well, I think people know Cimarron exists because of the St. James Hotel. I it might also be because it's a really cool name. Cimarron. It sounds awesome. It's spelled weird. I know. <laughs> so anyway, like I said, 930 people live there, and... Getting a job in town is already difficult enough. Sure. So the hotel actually staffs a pretty good number considering the per capita. You know what I mean? Like, so like the it's whole a pretty town has an invested... Interest. Yeah. yeah, for tourism and stuff like that. So it's a pretty big deal. Um, so like I said, because Charlie quit, that's a that's also a really big deal. It comes up... Everyone's going to know. Well, everyone knows a, the hotel is haunted, especially now, for sure. But what I'm trying to say is at the time when Charlie quit, that is a big to-do for... Um, his financial stability. So it's to understand, you know, how, like when people are like, well, if it's so haunted, why do you work there? Or like, why do you live there? Sometimes you can't just like up and go, you know what I mean? This is like your income. This is your life. And for a lot of staff members, that's what they say. So I've seen a lot of YouTube videos or like articles where they're interviewing them and they're like, I would quit, but there aren't a lot of options <laughs> or like, um, you know, this is just our job and we have to right. get over it. So I thought that was a good thing to keep in mind because you know of course there's going to be some other stories in here where you'll be like i would i don't care if i'm homeless i don't care because <laughs> so you really want to be homeless near this hotel though I, oh my god <laughs> now you're haunted and homeless <laughs> yeah this, this, gotta uh, leave, dude. the worst the worst well anyway charlie was like i don't care there was a ghost hunter interviewed in the same episode of unsolved mysteries his name was dr kenneth wright he was a surgeon but on his off times, he was a ghost hunter. So Guy's got... Hobbies. <laughs> a range. A range, indeed. Um, so he did an investigation in the hotel. And he's being interviewed for the show. And he says that during the investigation, him and Pat Sitzberger... Oh my god, I did it again. I think I'm, I'm switching the I and the T constantly. This is what happens when I'm dyslexic. And thank you, Word. Apparently you can't tell the difference. So <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, Sitzberger went in to room 18 together. Now, room 18 has a story of its own, and I'll tell you in a second. But in this instant, Pant mentioned that she was hesitant to go in with Dr. Wright because previously, she every time she'd gone in there, there's been really negative energy. It's really cold, just really uncomfortable. Well, when they went in there, right after opening the door, they saw a ball of energy 
in the corner of the room. Oh no, an orb. No, like she when they described it, it was more than an orb. It sounded like a weird giant swirling. You mean the kind of thing that like those really insulting skeptics would be it was ball lightning. This super rare ball thing lightning. that may have existed <laughs> once, but now we're using it to explain everything. Everything. Well, they saw a ball lightning. All right, all right. You know how much I hate orbs, but it sounds like this is much more significant, so I don't hate it. No, it was like she said that you couldn't see the corner. Like, it was a pretty sizable energy ball. Are she, are she sure she? it wasn't just a save point? She just has <laughs> to touch it and it's fine. Yes. <laughs> Select your memory card when you touch it. Oh, All right, man. keep going. It's a trap. No, so her and Dr. Wright actually saw this together, as they described it. Ooh, um, a dual... That's a dual sighting, yeah. That makes it a lot more interesting. Exactly. So terrified. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. Dr. Wright said he was terrified and he felt like an immense, I don't know, like hatred and anger that was towards him or just himself. Like he just felt very uncomfortable as well and had a hard time breathing. That's how heavy these emotions were on him. And then out of nowhere, he says that Pat went up to the ball and said, you can go. You're free to go. You can go. Then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the ball started like swirling around the room, just like really angrily. And I got to say, if you watch this Unsolved Mysteries reenactment, it's pretty <laughs> oh God, freaking, they reenacted the whole thing. <laughs> oh man, I, I want to see it now because what I'm picturing in my mind is ridiculous. It's kind of crazy. And you do see like a ball of light, like just swirling around the room. It's so funny. But it's cool. I'm imagining it (laughs) screaming out like in Princess Bride, as you You wish. (laughs) But anyway, the point of the story is the ball did not leave. In fact, um, Dr. Wright said that he felt even more threatened, and so they left immediately. And that was his story. Now, like I said, uh, this is no longer Unsolved Mysteries. It's just, like, more information. Totally. Room 18, like I said, did have a story. With our luck, that's where we're going to stay. No, no, no. There's more stories than room 18. Oh, okay. There's yeah. specific rooms, though? There are specific rooms. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hook me up. But I will say that I arguably everyone thinks or agrees that room 18 is the most haunted. There is an old rumor that the original owner, uh, Henry Lambert, bet the ownership of the hotel during a poker game and lost to a guy named Thomas James Wright. TJ Wright is often how they refer him. T.J. Wright's victory was short-lived, though, because on his way to his room, after winning, I I guess, like, the hotel, uh, someone shot him in the back. Presumably, it was Henry Lambert, but I guess some people say they don't know who. I'm like, okay, Henry Lambert just lost his hotel. I'm pretty sure Henry Lambert Mm -hmm. shot him for it back. Uh, But anyway, uh, like I said, T.J. Wright, still bleeding, made his way into room 18, into the bedroom that he was staying, and died in there shortly after. So today, there's so much activity that has occurred there that they keep the room unoccupied. So no one can actually stay there. Uh, No matter what. Like, you can't offer an amount of money. You can't do anything. They always, always have that place closed and padlocked, in fact. Because before, I guess what would happen, aside from other like scary things, the door would always keep opening by itself, no matter what they did. So now they were like, okay, padlock. Um, That's creepy. Yeah. Can you imagine like being in the room right next to it, and all you want to do is like drill a hole in the wall and peek inside? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm sure they would. That's notice. a totally normal thing. Right? That's totally normal, Chase. Good job. All right. Um, <laughs> 
yeah, so that is the story behind that. Um, there is, I think, I can't remember which, what was I watching? Something. Anyway, I don't remember where I got this source, but it was a pretty credible one um, where they said that there's dispute whether or not the person that died in that room was TJ Wright because there were other records that were found in Albuquerque that there was a guy uh, that had registered at some point as TJ Wright after the incident mm-hmm. where supposedly TJ Wright would have died. So I don't know. There could have been more TJ Wrights. Well, Wrights. Or could well. a guy using that name as a. As an alias or something. Yeah, exactly. You know, since there were so many like outlaws and people who were just like you know, going down, town to town, there's really nothing stopping them from using a different name. Like, what are you going to do? I Cardum? Mean, no. Record keeping back then meant that they just kept records, not that they were accurate or... Um, they did any sort of effort to ensure that they were correct or anything. Yeah, like, I mean, was like, this is pre-driver's license need for forms of identification and an address and a bill and blah, blah, blah. Right. <laughs> Nowadays, they need, like, I don't know. Yeah, he didn't have real ID. Let's put it that No, way. he just had words that were coming out of his mouth. And they were like, <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> Remember that episode of in betweeners when will goes to the bar and he <laughs> said uh he said i'd like a pint of beer and they said i need an id and he said i'm 21 and they said i need id he said you have my word <laughs> <laughs> you have my word <laughs> do you remember that was such a solid moment he tried though that's more than i could have said myself yeah i would have been too scared i think i would have been too mortified i'm like he's gonna say no and i'll die um anyway so yes tj right could have been two people, could have been the one, could have been an alias. Who knows? Um, oh, so this was like a random story that, uh, one, I read about, but then I found out that it was kind of transcribed from the show Ghost, uh, Ghost Adventures. Okay. But anyway, it's from that show. Uh, it said that a guest that was retiring to her hotel room uh, was told just before, like she was starting to climb up the stairs into her bedroom, and someone's like, don't let TJ Wright get you tonight. And apparently she just got like really riled up and was like, oh, I don't believe in ghosts. That son of a bitch can do anything to me or can't do anything to me. I don't believe in ghosts. You know, like just totally taunting him and saying like, come at me, bro, kind of thing. Yeah, right. Um, And so like after her rant, she kept going upstairs and (laughs) she described that for whatever reason, she did feel arms go underneath her armpits, pick her up. And throw her down the stairs. Oh, damn. Yeah. The person uh, that worked at the front desk said that all they heard was a scream and a thud. (laughs) So he obviously, like, or I don't know if it was a she or he, ran to the woman that got knocked out. And luckily, only a few seconds later, she kind of came to. I think she, like, hit her head pretty hard. And as soon as she did, the lady was apologizing. Like, those are the first things that came out of her mouth. She's like, I'm sorry. I apologize. Please forgive me. I believe in ghosts. Blah, blah, blah. So it's not like it was like a lawsuit intended kind of situation, she was right? Because she was really scared, and if it was for a lawsuit, she wouldn't have said it. a ghost did uh-huh. it. She'd say, "Oh, you have like an, an awful carpet that my foot got caught on." You know, I don't know, like whatever people do to get money. And so, no, but she straight up pinpointed it that it was a ghost, that she felt it, and that she was scared and she was going to behave. I guess, which is really weird to say, but um, yeah, TJ Wright, he's like the most violent of the entity ghosts. right or whatever it is assuming it is him maybe not either way it's pretty don't taunt the ghost is what it's is what i'm trying to say so yeah that was room 18 now we're going to room 17 the mary lambert room 
And this is Henry's wife, if you remember Henry Lambert, the original owner, said that that was like her room and they believe a woman haunts that room, which of course people just assume it's Mary Lambert, but it's not confirmed. So this ghost is actually the friendliest ghost. Oh, little Casper. Yeah, except it kind of got weird after I read that. Yeah, she's really, really friendly. She loves it when men stay in her room. Hmm. So true. Yeah. There are countless reports of her feeling feeling her fingers through your hair or, like, being kind of played with or touched gently. I'm like, is this, like, a sexual thing? Because that just sounds like harassment to me. Um, so saying friendly, I don't know if they just meant it in a kind way, but, like, it sounds like she gets a little touchy feeling with the dudes. Mm. But at least she's not scratching you or, like, hating on you. Yeah, no, I mean... Which is, like, what the common woman ghost-hating man who left her at the altar kind of thing happens. Yeah, I would say all the women ghosts that were obviously invented by men tend to be cruel in that way. <laughs> right. Uh, whereas, you know, this one sounds pleasant. Yeah, she's she's cool. She's cool. Um, there was actually a, a local news channel, KOB4. Yay! Yeah, that went to uh, the St. James Hotel. And they did a segment. I watched, it's like a two-video thing on YouTube if you want to go look at it. It's only eight minutes long total. I think it was 2012 when they filmed it. But anyway, during the segment, the crew was shown a video of a misty human-like figure that they captured on the security camera. So they showed us that. Um, They thought it was a cowboy when you look at the thing, but I'm not convinced myself. It does kind of look human-like, though. So that's kind of cool. Later, the crew goes back to their room, and they were actually staying at Mary Lambert's room. That's the one that they were assigned to. And... (laughs) they decided, okay, like, we didn't really capture a ton of stuff while we were awake, but during the night, we're going to keep cameras running. So they do. And while they're sleeping, or each time, they kept mentioning this, each time they were on the verge of falling asleep, they would start hearing knocking noises inside their room. One guy even said, I think it sounds like it's coming coming from a trunk that's in the room, which is really gross. I'm like, I think I would have to open that trunk and find out if someone's in there. But anyway, so that's what they said. Um, Another thing is when they started to fall asleep again, they would again hear people walking around. Mm. They would hear voices, doors opening and closing. And they knew for a fact that there weren't a lot of people around. If I'm not mistaken, they might have been the only people on the premises as well since they were doing this segment and doing like a full investigation or whatever. So they were like really upset. And I remember this one guy at some point (laughs) said... And this is like one of the crew members. He's like, I hate this place. And so I'm like, this isn't the best advertisement. But um, I just thought it was really funny. Like, they were really fed up because they kept hearing stuff. So they were getting kept up all night because of the... Um, creepiness? Just the creepiness. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing which is interesting that that happened to them because in room 17, if you leave the door... Or sorry, if you leave the window open, that you'll hear the glass tapping constantly. Every once in a while, like, glass tapping on the window that's open. Yeah, and the only way to stop it is if you close it. So I guess Mary does not like it when you leave the window open. She, yeah, she's cold or something. She's, like, cold. Um, I hate this place. I hate this place. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, so, like, other hauntings. The things that you might experience, just random here and there, is you might smell the scent of cigar in the hallway. And the entire place has been renovated, and there isn't a lingering, inherent uh, cigar smell from what I understand. Your mom definitely would have complained about that. She hates oh, that. Yeah. There's no way that would She's like me. That, I mean, I'll smoke the occasional cigar, but never indoors. Right. And, and if it's just lingering. 
Exactly. And of course, like, like most hotels, obviously, but they, they don't allow smoking. So there's no reason for that to occur. Um, people, <laughs> this one was funny. Uh, people have gotten slapped in the butt. Uh, <laughs> it happened to. Oh my God. Slapping ghosts. Yeah, slap, but this one's the butt, not the face. It's a different cheek. But I think it's all slapping. All yeah. slapping. I guess it's true. We really missed an opportunity today on our drinking. Game. I know. You know, I really didn't think about it. Well, okay, that's a lie. As I was doing it, I started learning more and more. I'm like, wow, this would have been a really good first of the month episode. But oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, So, yeah, butt slapping. And this one was actually a report I saw or that I read in my book by Ed Sitzberger. (laughs) Sitzberger's second wife. And I think it's her second wife because, let me tell you, the first one was Patricia. And she had been working there since 1985 with her husband, Ed. And then in the book... It said that this Sandy lady, Sandy Sitzberger, had been working there since 2007. So I'm mm. guessing, like, he has a new wife. Or could it be his, like... But in the book, it said it was his wife. But they didn't mention it Patricia. It didn't have, like, a son with the same name or anything? No. So, well, no. This would have been Sandy Sitzberger. And she said, I'm okay, Ed's okay. wife. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so I'm just saying. Anyway... This is speculation. I just put two and two together. Sure. There was no confirmation. But anyway, I'm assuming that's what's happening. Um, especially since it was in an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Whatever. Moving on. She's the one who got slapped in the ass. <laughs> that's where I was getting at. <laughs> that all, all that just for some sweet badonkadonk action? Just some butt slapping. Yep. Uh, staff members also have their own stories. Nice. It's the, the staff are the people who I'm more interested in hearing from because they're the ones who, like, have to be there. Yeah, and they're like, well, at least they're getting paid to get haunted. But, but it's not it's not like um, guests who are looking for a thrill. Oh, sure. Like, I see what you're saying. I have a feeling most people who work there don't want to run into this stuff because they're <laughs> like, I just want to go home, pick up some McDonald's on the way, and be left and alone. And be fucking done. And I see a ghost like, oh, not today. <laughs> today, go It's a Wednesday. Okay, anyway. Right? Oh, my God, hump day. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so Apparently staff. the right day to be in that one ghost girl's room, hump day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not if you're a girl. Uh, no, she doesn't like, I don't know if she doesn't like girls. Uh, I think from what I understand is that she might play tricks on the staff. I did hear some of that. Uh, she'll, like, sometimes throw the pillows around if there's someone cleaning in there and it's not a guy, then she'll, like, play tricks on you. So that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, okay, staff members, what do they, what do they see? What do they do? They often hear the doors open and there's this one guy who was being interviewed that he said, he straight up specified. He's like, okay, so I've seen spring loaded doors open by themselves, which is literally the opposite of what they're supposed to do. So you know what spring loaded, uh, hinges are like, on yeah, the they're the kind of like on exits and stuff. That... Yeah. So like they're the ones that when you open it, no matter what they shut by yep. themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what it is. And it's got like a force to them. So unless it's straight up broken which they're not um if they shut then they are working and if they're opening on their own there has to be like quite force. quite some sort of force exactly um they say that oftentimes glasses and bottles fly off the shelves that would suck um one guy that worked as a cook said that one day during his shift he was scratched on his back so at first he just said like he was feeling a burning sensation and he was like what is that and he checked it and there were three scratches long scratches on his back and he freaked out but he didn't quit like he still worked there when he was being interviewed and then he said later that when he went home 
that it still continued to follow him because at night he was having like a hard time sleeping. He would feel like something touching mm. his feet. You know what I mean? Like he knew whatever was with him in the hotel followed him home. Luckily that didn't last very long, but still like what the hell ghost right? or whatever you are. So we found the evil ghost. That's like TJ Wright just having a trip or something. I don't know. Um, so yeah, those are some of the highlights of the hauntings. There are so many stories. Let me tell you like personal stories too. So I recommend people just going out there saying St. James hotel, look it up. There's so many places that you can get like crazy stories. In fact, I actually thought I'm going to see if I can find any hotel reviews. And I did. I found at least two. Well, there's nice. more, but the two that I like on TripAdvisor or something. TripAdvisor. I think one does actually come from TripAdvisor and the other one's Yelp. So this one was recorded on September 2017 by Connie, and she titled it Ghost in the Mirror. She gave it a five out of five stars. (laughs) Would haunt again. (laughs) Would haunt again. Uh, She says, my daughter and I stayed at the hotel on September 9th, 2017. We stayed in the Mary Lambert room. We were the only ones on the second floor that night. I didn't realize that was common. Unless. Unless. It's something that the the people at the staff are always supposed to say so that it makes it even creepier. (laughs) Now that, to me, that's a skeptical and cynical opinion. So, okay, real quick, before I finish this review, I do have to say, I saw a video of a guy just uh, videoing on his phone the hotel. Like, he didn't, he never said anything. It's basically, like, his little mini tour of his experience at the hotel. So he was taking, like, video of the pictures that were on the wall, things like that. And when he went on the second floor where the guests stay, they actually purposely keep the the doors to each room open, but they rope them off if it's unoccupied. So gotcha. that way people can see inside the historical rooms when they're not occupied. Oh, that's cool. Right. When I saw that, I'm like, okay, it would be very, very easy to see if anyone else was staying there that night because the doors would be open. So she might have been the only one on the on that floor. Dang. Anyway, going back to the review. She says... I wanted to take a picture of my daughter. She stood up against the wall close to our room. When I took the photo, there was a reflection of a shadowy person sideways in the mirror. He looks like he was pointing his finger at me. At first, I thought it was my own reflection. However, I was standing full front, not sideways. I will be coming back. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Connie's a badass. Uh, So this next one is by Scott. He went there in 2016. He says, Our ghost encounter was in the middle of the night. Three times someone stomped across the room. Then the next morning, sitting in the lobby, the clock struck nine and we got a strong smell of perfume and then it disappeared. I asked my wife, did you smell that? And she said, yes. Five out of five. (laughs) Nice. That was cute. Other people say, oh, I think I heard noises or like knocking. So it's more or less the same thing. But these are these were the fun stories. Your standouts. Yes. So, biggest question, uh, and I wish, once again, it was a drinking game, because if you don't have the answer, you'd have to drink. Sure. How much does it cost a night? Okay, so I looked on their website, and it looks like it ranges between, I think, 150 to 200 Whoa. a night. So, that, though, that's a premium. That is pretty heavy. Um, I don't know what other combinations they have. I didn't really look into it. Like, There's- if you get a free meal, or if it's, like, a whole... Bread and breakfast experience? I don't think so. I think it might be just the room. But I guess you have to, like, look at it as an experience. Like, the hotel is part of the destination. Oh, it is. It's kind of like when we stay at the uh, 
the Strader, well, I guess some people say Strader. We we hear people in town calling it both ways in Durango. Yeah, yeah. We stay there, and it's usually a little more expensive than other places, but it's just such it's a It's such neat, a cool hotel. hotel. Yeah, your mom was telling me, or in her email, she said that if you walk around in the hotel, there's, like, so many, like, historical artifacts or, like, things that were from that time as well. And I think your mom saw it because she knows about this stuff. Like, she's, like, on it. She saw this kind of weird-looking thing on... A piece of furniture and she went up to it and she's like I bet this opens and she opens and she's like yep that's where some people that would opt in or frequent uh, visit a certain location they would have these hiding places for their guns their guns or something and um, that was so that they can always have their gun with them if they're playing poker they can just like shoot a guy (laughs) or shoot in the air apparently (laughs) Um, so yeah I thought that was pretty cool so I highly recommend if anyone is interested in ghosts and the Old West, that is definitely the place to go. Well, we were thinking how badly we wanted to get a road trip in this summer because yeah. all our travel plans are pretty much off limits until you yeah. know pandemic stuff changes with the world. But road trips are very possible as long as we're going to places that you know seem to have their stuff together. And New Mexico is doing pretty well, so... I think we can do it. We could road trip well, up to a haunted hotel. Yeah, and I'm gonna drink whiskey. So you'd be you'd be willing to do it? Yeah, we have to play cards too. We should bring a deck of cards. Maybe that'll like incite something. Because it's not violent. <laughs> We're not trying to like in, you know, taunt or anything like that. But maybe you want to get some activity. Don't I want to get some action here. Yeah, let's do it without drink, getting shot. Drink so. whiskey. Well, we could bring a gun and shoot the roof. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go well. Add another hole. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't want to stay. In, well, I mean, you said we can't stay in room 18, but I don't think I want to stay in one of the ones right next to it either. I don't want to be in 17 or 19. So I I can't say this for sure, but I think room 18 is actually on the bottom floor, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Yeah, some going. hotels do everything that starts with one is on the bottom, and some they uh, actually start with yeah, the single letters. Something like that. I'm not 100%, so I don't know. It's definitely not available anyway, so who it doesn't matter. We gotta do this. This is awesome. Yeah, I agree. So we've got a new place to see, mm-hmm. and I need some more water to wash my delicious gummies down. <laughs> and you, well, you don't need. I mean, you have your rum in front of you, but yes. So we'll be back in a, in a little bit because I've got a story for you. Awesome. Welcome back, guys. I had my rum. And Chase has... had more rum. I had more rum, and Chase has had water. So I I think we're ready. I upgraded carbonated water because I'm feeling spicy. (laughs) You're getting too wild, Chase. I'm going to need you to calm down. I got my Pellegrino because I roll super fly. Right? All right. (laughs) Terminology from... 1990. Yeah, the uh, laser pointer generation, as we established Exactly, totally. All right, so I'm super excited about today's story. All this stuff started breaking when we were recording the last episode, but I didn't have enough time, and I'd already written down my story for that week, so any of you who've talked to me recently know that I'm super, super excited about this. So please bear with me. In early April, so early this month, the Pentagon officially released a statement that four different UFO sightings that had been leaked to the public were indeed legitimate. Now, I don't mean okay. that they said they were aliens. No. So calm your shit. <laughs> you can see me over here. Yeah. What they stated were that the different sightings were taken by military personnel, that they were legitimate sightings, the objects in them were indeed unidentified, and that they were all being investigated by their 
Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, okay. or UAP, if you guys want to look for hashtags to find cool stuff on Twitter. <laughs> These are incredibly exciting sightings, and I'm not going to lie, kind of creepy. Okay. For those of you that haven't heard of these leaks, we will have links on our Facebook okay. and probably the Twitter accounts. It's harder to do links through Instagram. I think it's we, like impossible, right? Well, like, we have to do the link tree thing. You're only allowed one link in your profile. Yeah, We're not going to do that. I'm not going to do the link tree because that's more like our information. Exactly. Anyway, whatever. We'll, we'll have pictures on the Instagram account. So this might be incentive to go to our incredibly lonely Facebook or Twitter pages <laughs> to find some links. Lonely. Yeah. But I will do my best to describe them as well in this episode. Um, the sightings in question were all captured in 2019 and are comprised of one video that appears to be done from the ground Mm -hmm. and photos of three different objects taken from within an airplane. Okay. So let's start with the video. It's a night vision video and I've shown it to you. Yes. Uh, we were a little... We were hammered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But you've so, not seen the images. But I do remember it. So, like, I wasn't that. Yeah. Well, I printed the images to show you tonight, so you're going to see the images. Mm-hmm. But the the video, if you remember, that's a terrible print. I do remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, anyway, back to it. Um, it's a night vision video, so it looks all green. And it appears <laughs> to be taken from a ground-level vantage point. It was taken by Navy personnel, so it could have possibly been on a battleship or aircraft carrier as well. Mm-hmm. It has not been disclosed where it was taken. Uh, most places also haven't mentioned where it was taken, and the few that do eh, kind of lack credibility, so I'm not going to even state. Several things can be seen in the foreground that can be used as a reference point. They look like pipes or smokestacks or something like that, or you know, vent stacks. Mm-hmm. And you can also see clouds in the middle ground. Clouds, mist, once again, not quite sure how far away they are. And in the distance is the interesting part. You see, quite literally, a triangular object. And it is Yay. so obviously a triangle, too. It's not like something where you're like, eh, it's kind of triangle. Like, this like it's is blurry or something. It's, this is a perfect isosceles freaking triangle. <laughs> isosceles. In the even. sky. Yeah. Each each edge looked like it was the same size. Right. But it also, so it's, it's in the sky. Mm-hmm. And you see the clouds moving and you kind of see the camera moving. You really can't tell if this object is moving, though. It looks like it's stationary in the sky. But it's... The camera was really shaky, so it's either well, zoomed in. It's not in. that shaky. It's, it, shaky. it's panning while it sees it. You <laughs> okay. see the blur. You see the focus going in and out. Maybe that's what it, I was like. And, and I know everyone who hasn't seen it's rolling eyes. Like, of course, the focus. No, no. It's kind of like when you're on your cell phone and something's it's in the distance. And it's, it's auto focusing. Yeah. It's not. It's not some guy who's like, let's make this look legit. Right, no. right, right. Yeah. Um. It doesn't really look like it's moving. It looks like it's just floating stationary in the sky. Once again, all the stuff around it that you're using for reference don't tell you whether or not you're on something that's moving or it's moving or it's not. So they don't mention this or what's going on? No, the leaks just were of the video. Okay. But the most important thing is the triangle is flashing. It's strobing. Mm. However, because it's night vision and night vision makes some things hard to tell, you know, colors and whatnot, it is impossible to tell if the triangle itself is flashing or if it's just reflecting something that's flashing maybe on the ground. Oh, I see. Okay. So either way, it could be reflecting it or it could be flashing itself. It looks really weird, though. All right. 
it's the the video is only a few seconds, so we, you can check it out. We will once again have links to it. Um, it was all over the news. Like this was put on. Um, I know you told me don't look at the news, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, well, that's how I found <laughs> out about it. it was showing up in all my news feeds. So we're talking like New York Post and CNN and the Washington Post. Yeah, like videos are all there of it. It was pretty cool. Next up, we have the photos. The most outlandish part of these photos is that all three photos were taken on a single flight. And they depict what appears to be three completely different looking objects. Oh, gosh. An F-18 weapons system officer, which is the guy who sits behind the pilot, actually took pictures of these objects with his phone. His iPhone. Fancy. Yeah, it should have a little thing at the bottom that said, picture taken with my iPhone. (laughs) Um... They uh, they were taken in an airspace section designated W-72, which is an airspace above the Naval Air Station Oceana on the east coast of Virginia. Okay. These photos were taken on da, 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 March 4th, 2019. Hey. That's right. My birthday. <laughs> they were yeah. all taken between 2.45 p.m. and 3.02 p.m. And that's, so that's obviously in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. So it was a very short time window when you think about it. You know, saw three different objects in like 15, 20 minutes. Right. The first photo is being called the sphere. So now I'm going to show you these pictures. <gasps> now these are the pictures I have not seen. Yeah. So just go in order. Don't look at the other ones just yet okay. while I talk <laughs> about them. I'll try not to. First one is the sphere. Sorry, it's a really small picture. It looks better on a screen. Okay, sure. Okay, yeah, circle-y. Uh, yeah, so the first photo is called the sphere. It looks like a weird nebulous shape that is hard to describe accurately. It is white and blue and doesn't have solidly defined edges. I was going to say, it does look like, it looks like a like a round cloud because it, I don't know. So when I you wouldn't say, say cloud, I would say like a gas ball. Like gas ball because it looks like it's trans- transparent. Because a cloud looks like a cloud. That doesn't look like a cloud. But it does look gaseous, 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 however you want to say that. <laughs> In a previous episode, we talked about how there's... How we don't know words. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it might be an atmospheric phenomenon. Okay. I'm willing to accept that. So uh, if this were the only image of the UFOs, I would just be like, eh, I'm going to write this off and just say it was like something, some weird atmospheric thing going on. Mm-hmm. But on the same flight, he got other pictures of very different things. The second image, however, so different. This one is known as the acorn. It appears to look similar to an upside-down triangle <gasps> with rough edges. A zoomed version of the image suggests that it, it has a thickness to it. It totally looks like an arrowhead. Kind of. Uh, uh, someone online, I can't remember where, said it looked like a Batman toy from the 90s. <laughs> it kind of does. It looks like... A little bit like a bat logo. Yeah, because it has like the rigid, pointy edges, mm-hmm. kind of like an arrowhead. But it still is very much triangular, pointy. Yeah, down. definitely. And it does look thick. Yeah. It, um, <laughs> yeah. It's my favorite of all of these. It's so it's, creepy looking. It actually looks creepy. It looks looming. Like, yeah. yeah. Now the third one, the final object is once again completely different from the other two. It's known as the blimp. It looks like, I was gonna say, it's like yeah. totally a blimp. It appears to be large, silver, roundish, and it has objects extending from its surface. It is reflective, and the things coming off of it look kind of like maybe antennae, Wings? sensors, something like that. Yeah. Instrumentation. This one appears to have the most obvious mass and thickness to it. You know, the acorn does look like it has thickness, but it still feels like a very flat object, mm-hmm. very UFO, whereas the blimp totally looks like a man-made object. It looks like something you'd see in a 1950s sci-fi. <laughs> now, here's the kicker. According to the task force reports, all of the objects 
were completely stationary when they were viewed. Oh my god, this is so Which is awful. super <laughs> remarkable considering at the time super high winds were reported. They further okay. claimed that this ability is outside any known balloons or drones that exist. Right. So, um, I'm scared. <laughs> these three photos were leaked, but someone else says that there was a fourth photo of the acorn, and you can okay. see two of them, and you can kind of see they're taking only just a few seconds apart. Oh, so there's, there's, there was more than one? <sighs> or the same one? Right now, so some people are saying it's a legitimate extra picture. It's a second picture of the acorn. Okay. Other people are saying it was simulated, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. Well, it looked real. Sure. But it would suggest that it was staying still, and the jet that they took picture of was, like, blazing fast past it. So, these three things, which, please check them out on our Instagram. Look through them. They look pretty weird. <laughs> what are they? Answer number one. Aliens. Foreign aircrafts. <laughs> right. Speculation for the military was understandably that all three objects were possibly foreign aircraft, such as spy drones. The most common assumption was that they were Chinese as well. Furthermore, the Navy allegedly wanted to capture one of them to study it. However, as far as we know, that didn't actually happen. Okay. You can imagine capturing a stationary thing on a jet. It's got to be a little bit difficult. And, you oh, know, yeah. They were far enough away from it that the scale, don't know how big these are. Interesting. So what do I like about this explanation? Well, this honestly does seem like a very reasonable explanation. Espionage is nothing new, and the world of publicly available information on spy drones and their abilities is staggeringly mm. awe-inspiring. There are incredible things going on in the world of technology right now. They were also spotted on the east coast of Virginia, considerably closer to our government center in Washington, D.C., than most other UFO sightings that we hear about. It seems unlikely that the government would be testing out this sort of stuff in that area. And it also makes sense why spy planes would try to be near the Capitol. I well, mean, yeah. they got to spy on stuff. We're near a military <laughs> base. We're near it. But what don't I like about this explanation? Even though it's close to Washington, D.C., that's still a relative thing. It's still quite far away. But they couldn't estimate, so... No, no, I mean, but they the jets knew where they were. Okay, so uh, even... Okay, we're, fair. We're still like 50 to 100 miles from Washington, D.C. Okay, well... That's <laughs> yeah, significant. That's a lot. I also don't like that if the government thought they were foreign spy crafts, that they would want to keep that they detected them under wraps. Like... You'd think if they were noticing spycraft, they wouldn't try to make that publicly available information. They'd be like, we have spycraft. We don't want and those foreign like, to know that we can detect them and we need to capture right, them. Right, exactly. So they need to observe and make sure that they're not, well, they're threatening, but how? what level? Or exactly. Yeah. So you think the government's saying, hey, we saw these. That seems like a bad move to me. Once again, I don't work in espionage, so maybe <laughs> it's the right move. But maybe my, they have their reasons. Who knows? All the James Bond movies that I've trained myself on suggest sure. this was a bad move. Ah, good, good. Yeah. Now, there's something else that makes this whole thing feel a little bit weird. And that's because strange triangles have been spotted in the sky before. And not by Americans either. In fact, a triangle UFO was spotted in the Baltic region of Russia... In 1977. Awesome. So, one could argue whether or not this technology exists now, back in 1977 no. is a completely different argument. Yeah. So. Do you have another picture? Yay, more pictures. So, I'm covering up the other stuff. Okay. That's the one that was taken in Russia. Oh, wow. That actually looks have a photo of it. almost identical to the one it looks, that you showed me earlier. It today. looks exactly like the one in the video. Yes. 
And it looks a little bit like the acorn, just a little bit. Just a little. All right, so. It's our assigned alien just checking on us. So let's go to the second explanation. And this is actually the one that was suggested by the Russians in the 70s. So just let me get it all out because I, I have a feeling you're just going to start rolling your eyes. But oh, wait gosh. until I explain and show you pictures. <laughs> one particularly interesting explanation actually came from Russia in the 70s after triangular UFO sightings occurred. And that was their balloons. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> Not just balloons. Solar balloons. Oh, okay. Uh, so I know it sounds kind of like the Roswell explanation. Like, oh, everything oh, is yeah, balloons. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... If you bear with me, apparently these solar balloons, which are called tetrahedral solar balloons or tetrunes, were actually a known thing at the time. The Russians claimed that they were being manufactured in France at the time. Although mm -hmm. I can't find specific evidence, there does appear to be a notably large solar balloon industry in France today. However, it seems that they are being manufactured in many different areas around the world. The first pure solar balloon flight by a human was in a tetrahedral shaped balloon. It made its first flight on the 1st of May, 1973, mm. and it was flown by Tracy Barnes. Solar balloons are called solar balloons because they use solar energy to heat the air inside of them, so they expand, becoming less dense than the air around them, thus creating lift instead of having uh, the fire, the, 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 the helium. The, the, yeah, where the, instead of creating a self induced burn inside. About. Yeah, yeah, our hot air balloons. Not helium. <laughs> that our hot air will balloons, burn. we create fire. So yeah. this one's just supposed to use solar energy. Now, they can fill up to 90,000 meters cubed and can go as high as 40 kilometers in the sky. Hmm. These are huge balloons. Many of the solar balloons look slightly reflective, are noticeably, the shiny, maybe. Are noticeably shiny, and they kind of look like black trash bags. <laughs> and time for some pictures so that you don't think I'm crazy. Oh, I see. Yeah, and they do look like there's thickness to them. You know what I mean? Kind of in the same way. So some of these you could imagine if seen at a distance would look very ominous. But so I'm showing her pictures know. right now like, of of triangular balloons. And these are the kind that existed at the time. And I could imagine, particularly in the Russian photograph, which was black and white and done at a distance, it might have been a balloon. Now, I'm also, mm. this is also assuming that the, what we saw in Russia, what we saw in these are the same or different. Like, who knows? Okay. I'm willing to accept. They don't look like the acorn, though. No, no, no. Exactly. I was going to say, it, there, it is no acorn or the ball of gas that's in the air Absolutely. or the blimp. I mean, that's. Those are three distinct shapes in the same vicinity ah. uh, that are stationary. And this certainly would not be stationary. Ah. This is a balloon. Exactly. Yeah. So what do I like about this explanation? The 2019 video of the triangle, which was done it, uh, in night vision, does not appear to be moving fast. You can see atmospheric effects in the video as well as objects in the foreground. The object appears to be either moving very slowly or hovering, mm. both of which would work if it were a balloon. But that video was done in night vision, meaning it was nighttime. <laughs> and <Right. laughs> a solar balloon really wouldn't be working in, at night. So maybe it was a traditional a hot air balloon that was triangular shaped and okay. it was reflecting light off of the ground that was flashing. If this was in a military installation having the, the flashing light so aircraft can spot it, like let's say it was on an aircraft carrier, a light would be flashing. Maybe it makes sense that it'd be reflecting hmm. the light. However, that's just talking about the video. What you said is exactly right about these other three. The acorn is rigid and looks weird. Totally. And the other two things look nothing like these balloons. So seeing all three of these 
what are the odds that someone from the ground has launched a balloon and mm-hmm. two other weird phenomena are seen at the same time? It's like a blimp out of nowhere suddenly appears, and then this gas ball is like, hey, me too. Exactly. No. So we're going to get back to what those could be when we get to another explanation. Before we get to the explanation everyone's waiting for, <laughs> another Dang explanation it. is that they're fake. You mean that the just images fake, are fake. literally just completely The video seems very unlikely to be fake. That would be a very hard video to hmm. fake. Okay. But the image is being fake. So And this was released by whom again? It has been anonymous. The, okay. the Pentagon knows who took the pictures, but who leaked them, they don't know. Oh, okay. I must have forgotten that part. Or maybe they know and they're trying to discipline the... I don't know. Governments be governments. That person no longer exists. Yeah. <laughs> So, I would assume the military intelligence has means of detecting if a photo was obviously doctored in something like Photoshop. However, a good forgery can always get around that. Someone knows what they're doing, they should be able to hide it pretty well. Excluding the video, the photos were allegedly taken from an iPhone. So, the problem is that modern cell phones have a lot of things going on with them when they take a picture. They don't work like regular cameras anymore. Well, we talked about that in that one... Uh, episode. So, I mean, yeah. No, exactly. I'm going to cover it again, though, just in case people haven't heard that one. Okay, and I'm cover that's it fair. Quickly. That's fair. That's fair. So, modern cameras have things like facial detection, autofocusing, jitter reduction, and lots of other features that are meant to make a picture look good. And also if, settings that you might have had, like your absolutely. beauty, like face, like no yeah, makeup. Yeah, the camera might have been trying to make these UFOs look hot. Yeah, I mean, I'm turned on. And if you've also noticed, when you take these pictures, there's often a huge delay before it actually takes them. You never get the right picture because it takes her. But it's doing all these calculations and adjustment and changes. And that means that technically all cell phone images are faked because they're modifying what information they're getting to try to create what most people are going to be using these cell phones for. And that's taking selfies and pictures of other people. It's like an interpretation of your settings and Exactly. So it is not an accurate representation. So they're always going to be a little bit inaccurate, which means everything you're seeing in these images, it's really hard to say what you're actually looking Mm. at and what is an artifact of that creation. Like, if we look at the acorn, it looks like it has a thickness. Or, like, is that just a blur interpretation or the camera trying to clean up the image? I don't know. Okay. So why do I like the fake explanation? Because it's easy. Being able to say they're fake means you can just walk away. Nothing to worry about. And if they are fake, they do look really good. It's not like you see a movie and you're like, God, these special effects suck. Like, they look good. Anyway, what I don't like is that they have three different fakes from the same flight, from the same guy, all of which the Pentagon admitted were unidentified. Okay. That's weird. So having one fake image, totally plausible. But three, and the Pentagon admits that all three of these are unidentified. Yeah, like, why would they even say that if they're like, they would just be like, oh, yeah, they are fake. Yeah, and then it would be so it. easy. If the Pentagon said they were fake, more people would believe that than assume they're UFOs. Sure. But they didn't. So all of a sudden, it kind of makes the fake thing seem weird. So now let's get to the fun explanation. Yay. They're UFOs. <laughs> So, I mean, I've just been saying this the whole time. But I whatever. even have in my notes Lily's spicy explanation. Ooh. <laughs> so, as always, most people's arguments for them being UFOs comes from either a lack of a compelling explanation of what they actually are or okay. just a lack of evidence. The main reason to think these are UFOs is because we don't actually know what they are. The Pentagon itself has declared they also don't know what they are. Sure, they could be lying, governments be governments, but we should always assume there's a chance they aren't lying. It's a good way to keep deniability within their programs Mm. because they have their own investigations. 
But one of the most compelling reasons to suggest a UFO to me, at least with the photos, is that there's three different objects in them. And let's there's just, no way. Yeah, and let's pretend that like three civilians launched three civilian things at a time in military space. <laughs> what are the odds of all three being launched at once? And there's no documentation on social media. If you have a giant triangular balloon, solar balloon, and you're launching it, you're probably putting a picture on Facebook or yeah. Instagram of it, but there's nothing. And we would have found that out because that would have been so easy to check on. This is a similar argument as to them being fake. Why would they create three different versions from the same flight if they were right. fake? It just doesn't make sense. But the video, on the other hand, is a different story. The quality of the footage and the vantage point really does lend itself to being a balloon. Mm -hmm. So this was also taken at a different time than these. The photos were all taken on a single flight on March 4th, but I don't know exactly what date the video was taken. So right now, even though the Pentagon announced that all of these, which were all parts of leaks, yeah. are legitimate, I am willing to say that the video and the images need to be considered differently. I am 100% willing to believe that what we see in the video is possibly a balloon reflecting light. Okay, so you really... That one I'm actually 100% willing to believe. Interesting, okay. There's just For sure. There's nothing going on in that video I kinda... that makes me think it has to... Like, if it, it doesn't move, it doesn't do something rapid, I'm like, could it be a balloon? There's nothing in that video I kinda that get would it. say it can't be a I kind of get it, because, like, there has been other reports, you know, just stuff that we've read or you mentioned before, that the material on some of these spacecrafts aren't reflecting anything, which is, like, the weirdest part. Mm -hmm. You're like, there's literally a sun, why isn't it brighter or exactly. why isn't it doing this and so the fact that there was some sort of either reflection then again could have been a pulsating pulsating light which is not a very ufo-y thing to do exactly unless it's just a light you know what i mean it, like the phoenix lights or something and it but was flashing in the exact same way that lights we have on here like pulsating like they have a rhythm because that's what to we notify need. planes exactly yeah exactly so, the pictures, though. I'm saying what's up. I don't know. I love that. They look really creepy. They look creepy. So, in 2019, the Navy mentioned that, quote, a number of reports of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft entering various military-controlled ranges and designated airspace in recent years, uh, end quote. Meaning, they're seeing a lot more of them now. <gasps> a yes. lot more of them now. <laughs> and they've had eyes on the sky for a long time. And they've had cameras on planes for a long time, but now all oh, of a yeah. sudden we're seeing a lot more of them. So, which which means, are you saying that because of the fact that we're able to capture these more often, so they might have always been there, or I'm saying, are they more? Yeah, it, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. But here's the thing: it could be that let's say they are UFOs. They could totally have technology in them that make them hard to detect with things like mm. radar and mm -hmm. other stuff that would be fitted on our aircraft. But sometimes you just can't hide from the visual spectrum, which is quite literally what our little cell phone cameras are taking pictures of. Yeah. So it could honestly be that now we have methods of capturing that are so mm -hmm. basic, we're yeah. seeing this stuff. They could be easily avoiding detection on radar and stuff like this, but not human eyes. Not human eyes. Not a literal picture. Yeah. And our Instagram filter cameras. So cute. Totally pick them up. So cute. <laughs> So whatever is happening, it's starting to happen more frequently, it appears. Mm -hmm. With the widespread social media presence, it would seem like things such as weather balloons and privately conducted experiments would have more documentation and social media presence. Almost as if these would be explained a short while after the incidents. Like, if people are launching balloons, it'd be so easy to go on social media and find 
posts about, oh, some guy launched a balloon in the vicinity. We're, we accept that. So two years after these, we still have no explanations. Okay. And the Pentagon would have found this stuff out. They've got, they've got the means to figure they this stuff the out. They have the technology. Right? So I'm not sure what to think. I would like to say, though, that seeing a huge influx of new spy craft from foreign countries makes a lot of sense. Okay. I think that this is an explanation that I'm really okay with. And I'm not saying that is what's happening, but I'm totally okay with the idea of just assuming, what if we do have a bunch of drones? What if what if we are seeing weird experimental aircraft from other countries and it's just now that we have the technology is when all of a sudden I don't know. I feel like that one's weird just because like the pattern isn't there and I mean we have a drone kind of like on Mars. So it's not out of the scope that we can do more incredible things in our atmosphere, but I don't know. I'm still not convinced on the magnitude, mm-hmm. on the stability, on the fact that um you know, they don't even know about it already. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm going to indulge you. Oh lord. I'm going to go a little <laughs> conspiracy theorist. Yay, you. okay. So I'm not saying they're aliens, but maybe they are. And maybe <laughs> there's a reason. Yes. That these are so all of these these sightings did happen on March 4th, 2019. We've been so influenced by the pandemic that you can't deny that there's something compelling about a bunch of UFO sightings happening just before our massive pandemic. (laughs) There's a sci-fi movie here. There's a sci-fi movie here. Here's a fun, playful thing. All these triangle sightings are in fact alien UFOs. Okay. And what this guy saw. The cloud of plume was it coming into the atmosphere. <laughs> the triangle acorn thing is an actual UFO. And the blimp we saw was a device it has to capture information because they're trying to find out what's going on because it's an important time. So they're like, the humans are acting differently. Why? Or they're coming back in time. Maybe they're future humans. Oh, my yeah. God. They're like, hey, remember that one shitty time? They're like, we need to get information about what happened, how this pandemic started. That's totally the plot of 12 Monkeys. They keep sending him back in time to find out what happened when a virus outbreak occurred and everything. So it's like 12 Monkeys, but with UFOs. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah, Yeah, it's a good movie movie that launched Brad Pitt's career. Yeah. I'm not saying I believe any of that, but it does sound like a cool movie. One we've seen, but this time with UFOs. Let's do it. So I'm not going to say it's not aliens. I'll accept there's some weird stuff going on here. My heart is saying they're drones. Really? Okay, you're still... A balloon possibly in the video and drone stuff going on, but... I think it's totally aliens, but obviously I have had rum and I'm just going to go full conspiracy. This is one of the more compelling things I've seen about UFOs. Yes. But that's what I have for you today. (laughs) That is the end of episode encounter. Encounter, encounter, encounter. I didn't do my intro earlier, but you get the ending, so take it. (laughs) did you do an intro this is like the first time i was too excited i skipped it because i was, I was so gonna into the story. say oh my god all right it's a boo-boo it we'll happens. accept it well i'll accept it well that was a really amazing story thank you chase you're welcome <laughs> but that's what we have for you guys today and we hope it was enough to give you a little bit of a break from your work week hangover and everything that ails and you your alcohol hangover <laughs> which we have many yeah you're working on yours aren't you you know I working think- on my next hangover <laughs> Sounds like an album title. That should not be ever a title or a song for anyone. Um, well, either way, 
We hope you join us next week. We post uh, we post new episodes every single Saturday. If you have any great stories that you want to tell us, please let us know uh, either you know through social media or contact us at hotwpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Um, I also learned, and I'm just going to say it out there, if anyone wants to leave us a review on iTunes, apparently that carries some merit and weight and maybe like to be able to let people know that we exist kind of thing. So it's my one favor. I'll never say it again, but thank you for listening. I hope it's a nice review. Oh, yeah. Also, <laughs> if you say something mean, then please ignore the last five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're the kind of person who likes bad reviews, then ignore us. Then just ignore us yeah. completely. But anyway, we hope that you see us next week. Thanks for joining us. Yay, and thank you. Just remember, if you're listening to us and you're hungover, the best cure for a hangover is fear. Bye. See ya. See ya.